Blog Talk Radio. This is Texas Law Talk Radio. My name is Nick Augustine, and in this program, we are focused on law enforcement and first responders who can benefit from tactical fitness and strength training. I'm here with personal fitness trainer Jay Dial from Body Force Fit. I'm here with law enforcement tactics instructor Robbie Alman from P2 Concept, and should be joining us a retired law enforcement officer and founder of the Cops for Cops Texas Police Foundation, Byron Colston. Uh, with increased attention on law enforcement officers and first responders, leaders in law enforcement can support a good culture of health, strength, and fitness so officers are more effective in their line of duty. The title of today's program is Tactical Fitness and Strength Training for Law Enforcement and First Responders. For the points we're going to cover, uh, we're going to talk about fitness and strength training, that which is currently required by law enforcement uh, officers and departments. We'll talk about identifying the real and daily demands on police and first responders. We'll talk about the effect of age, wear and tear, and reasons that we need to keep the body and the muscles moving. We'll focus on some tactical training boot camp support. Uh, to support fitness and, of course, efficiency on the job. We'll also talk a little bit about situational awareness and being able to protect yourself and lift properly. Uh, We'll talk about tactical fitness training and how it incorporates boxing and interval training and all sorts of other good things on our program here. Uh, Again, I have Jay Dial and Robbie Allen here. uh, Go ahead with some introductions, Jay, if you first want to shortly introduce yourself to folks listening. Yeah, of course, man. Hey, how's it going, guys? Uh, my name is Jay Dial. Um, I started uh, the personal training business about three years ago. Um, before that, I was a uh, college football athlete. Um, decided to do uh, college football. Um, was an MMA coach for about three years uh, prior to that. Um, <clears throat> sorry, my voice is a little a little gone today. Uh, everybody's kind of been dealing with a little bit of sickness, but um, yeah, I. Went to uh, went to play college football. Um, after that, I went to the military. Decided, um, you know, my service to this country kind of benefited me playing football a little bit more. So, um, decided to do that. And then after that, I went to uh, went to create my own personal training brand. And uh, right now, we're trying to start a YouTube channel. So, um, just trying to get this thing up and rolling, man. All right. Thanks, Jay. Hey, Robbie, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me on. All right. Tell us a little bit uh, about what you do. Uh, my name is Robbie Allman. I'm the owner and lead instructor to P2 Concepts. Uh, we are a uh, tactical training uh, company for law enforcement. Um, we, you know, I've been I've been about 15 plus years with combined military law enforcement experience. Um, was team leader SWAT team, um, and then I left law enforcement full time back in 2010 and went overseas as a security contractor and worked overseas for a few. And uh now that now we're now that I'm home I, I started uh started up P two concepts and uh just rocking the training for uh for law enforcement. All right. Tell us a little bit more about what P concepts does, P two concepts that is. P two concepts, uh we do uh training for law enforcement that basically uh ranges anywhere from patrol tactics all the way up to your special operations, your SWAT uh hostage rescue type stuff. Um, we have live fire courses, but one of the things that we, we pride ourselves on is our reality-based force-on-force training uh, that we put out there, um, you know, that, that 
really gets our officers uh, in reality-based training. It really uh, ramps up that stress in their training for um, the real world. And, you know, it's pretty much the closest thing that I can put somebody in uh, to a real-life situation without actually putting them into a real-life situation. So. So when we're talking about training uh, and going through your course, I'm assuming that being in good shape is obviously uh, something that's going to really increase your effectiveness. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about the baseline, though, uh, of fitness and strength training that's required by most law enforcement departments and uh, first responders generally. What is the the current minimum standards or requirements? Um. Again, with with some of the requirements, uh, there's with you know you have your basic uh, you know mile mile and a half runs and push-ups and setups uh, for for most of your agencies across the board. I think some agencies have started to um, get away from that and go to something a little bit more realistic. Um, but for the most part, I, I you know one thing that's, that's saddening that I've seen is they started taking a lot of the physical fitness requirements out of the uh, police academies. A lot of the, some of the smaller academies, um, and I don't, I don't honestly, I don't know why that is. I don't know if it's liability purposes. Uh, I know there for a few years there was a, you know, some recruits collapsing and 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 you know in, within academies, so they kind of started veering away from uh, physical fitness, which is uh, totally the wrong route to go, in my opinion. Um, you know, I think being physically fit and doing this this type of work is uh, is paramount. You know, I wonder, I don't know all too much about unions, but, and I don't know about the police union specifically, but I wonder sometimes whether they're, you know, also a player in a, do they, do they talk about this type of subject matter? Um, I'm not, um, you know, I, they, again, I don't know. I'm not with the unions or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know mm-hmm. some organizations out there um, that, that, you know, that may talk about physical fitness, but I'm not, I'm not real sure about that on right, how, right, right. how far the unions go with it. So, well, at any I rate, a lot so... of... go ahead. I was going to say, I think a lot of the unions are more concerned with, uh, you know, uh, pay, getting, getting the guys, uh, pay raises and different things like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, and the legal well, side of things. Of course, you know, and so as it, as it stands there, we're seeing less uh, of a focus on fitness and training. Uh, Jay, why don't you tell us why we have a real opportunity here that we might miss if we don't really get engaged with uh, being in the the best possible state of fitness and why, why it matters so much? Well, I mean, obviously just chasing somebody down, you have to be in somewhat of shape or just even, you know, trying to handcuff somebody. You know, if they uh, – I don't know if they start struggling and you can't contain that one person. I mean, it's it's kind of it's futile. If, I mean, if you can't do it, so I don't understand why uh, agencies are getting away from the whole fitness aspect of it. I mean, I don't, I personally don't understand that. Um, but you know, with you know, I have a background in CrossFit, powerlifting. I'm in um, power powerlifting right now, and uh, it just goes. You know, some some of the powerlifters look big and hefty, and you know I don't understand, you know, the why you have to look like a, a big gorilla in order to lift heavy weights. Why not look good and lift heavy weights at the same time? And that kind of goes hand in hand with police officers. You don't have to be big 
in order to lift big and, you know, even running and doing things, everything that is required of a police officer, um, you need to be able to, you know, take somebody down and, and get rough with them, man. That's that's why they signed up for the job. Absolutely. Hey, Robbie, why don't you tell us a little bit about some of the real daily demands on our police officers and first responders? What kind of stuff are they doing from day to day that, you know, we might not really realize on the, you know, outside of that? Yeah, you know, Nick, I just watched a video uh, last night of this officer made a traffic stop, and this guy had, you know, felony warrants out for his arrest. He pulls the guy out, and obviously, you know, the suspect was a little bit bigger than he was. And, uh, you know, coming from me, I'm 5'5 and about 175 pounds, um, so I'm a little guy, and uh, I've always dealt with bigger guys. So, um, But this guy... He just, you know, he was committed to not going back to jail, and he started fighting with this guy, with this officer, and he just, he manhandled this officer because there was, one, lack of training for that situation, and two, you could just see the officer wasn't equipped physically, fitness-wise, to go toe-to-toe, hand-to-hand with somebody for that long of time. I, I want to say it was a a good two minutes, three minutes before his backup ever got there. Um, you know, number one, why he started to make the arrest without backup being there. Um, but he did. And, you know, and it got to the point where he actually drew his firearm because the guy was on his back choking him out. And he, you could see he was going in and out of consciousness. And the officer drew his weapon and, and, and engaged, but, you know, missed, but then couldn't fire anymore. And, and the, the subject still had him in the headlock when other officers got there. And it was just, you know, I'm sitting there just, it, it blows my mind. I've seen several videos like that here recently. So, you know, some of the, the main uh, issues that officers are having is, you know, they're not physically fit. They're not training to be out there because, you know, a lot of departments are going to 10, 12-hour shifts now. And they're just not being, they're not physically fit to, to be out there and doing the demands of the job. You've got a lot of these guys you know, there's the respect for law enforcement has gone downhill. So you've got a lot of people going toe to toe with law enforcement officers and, you know, some of the hand to hand training that these officers, the, the training's lacking in that set, in that area. And, uh, you know, Jay, Jay probably knows this as well, being an MMA coach, you know, doing that, that kind of the hand to hand and being on the ground doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu type fighting. Um, it, it does take a lot of physical fitness. A lot of conditioning. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Uh, well, tell us a little bit more about uh, about that, Jay. I mean, the biggest thing when when uh, when he was talking is um, obviously, you know, your officers, you know, just being in varying different sizes. Your what if situations are real, like you know, I. I Police, police and first responders are kind of close to my heart. My dad is a, is a cop, and me being military, and so, you know, you're always, you're always kind of looking over your shoulder and, you know, wondering who's, 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 you know, targeting me. You know, but your what if situations are real? What if your gun gets, you know, kicked down a sewer or whatever? You got to be able to fight, man. That's, that's all I can really say is you got to be able to, you know, stand your ground whether you have a weapon, don't have a weapon. Um, just really just what if what if this happened what if that happened you know it's you always have to have a backup plan or you always got to know how to fight or 
you know, with or without a weapon. So, well, in, in addition to fighting, point. addition to fighting with or without a weapon, let's talk about uh, being fit. In, uh, let's talk about a foot chase. Um, you got to. I mean, I watch cops on a Saturday night, and some of these guys can hurdle over fences. And you know, at 41 years old, you know, I don't know what I can hurdle over, but you know, I'm looking at those guys. So they they must be. <laughs> they must train a lot. Um, you know, so, I mean, there's foot chases. I mean, what other, uh, you know, in, in, instead of, in, in addition to just one-on-one, a combat or a subdued situation, what are some of the experiences in law enforcement? This question for you, Robbie, where uh, stamina is, is so important. You know, um, just, your, just your everyday building searches. Uh, you're going into a building. You don't really know the floor plan. You don't know if somebody's in there or not. Uh, you know, your heart rate starts going, your breathing starts kicking in. Um, just being in that high-stress environment, you're, you, you stay in an a elevated, stressful environment anyway as soon as you check on duty. Um, but when you go on these calls, and it's the unknowing calls like the building searches or, you know, whatever, it, that stress, when that stress goes up, your heart rate starts beating and, and your breathing uh, starts to go, you know, you start losing control of that breathing. Um, and I've seen guys going through some of our training scenarios that couldn't even make it through the whole scenario without taking the protective gear off because they, they couldn't control their breathing. And I'm sitting there going, and you, you know this is a training scenario, so how are you going to react into a real-life situation? You're not going to be any good if you can't even control your breathing. If you're that, that much out of shape, you can't even control your breathing. You know, so just the everyday stressors of being in law enforcement or being a first responder, um, you know, it it all starts with being able to control that breathing, being in control of yourself. And if you're not in control of yourself, you're not going to be able to control any type of situation as far as I'm concerned. So, well, in addition, you know, in addition to being the idea of going through a building, you got stairs. How about running through the woods? Well, uh, you yep. know, the, depending on where you are, you know, uh, and if you're in an area where the municipality, it's your jurisdiction, you're out there chasing someone through the woods. I mean, that's, I can't right. think of yeah. uh, a better course test than that. Right. Yeah, I mean, I've worked county for years, and that's, you know, I've been in a lot of foot foot pursuits out, out through, you know, the rural area and, you know, wooded area, creek, creek beds, different things like that. So, you know, you definitely got to, you know, you got to be in shape. Yeah, absolutely. So Jay, if someone like, assuming that people agree with us here, that it's in your best interest to, um, you know, not only lose some weight and have more stamina, but to be agile and, uh, flexibility is another one. All these things. And the person says, well, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to accomplish all of this by going to my gym and I'm going to walk on that treadmill one hour a day for, you know, three days a week. Um, you know, they may be missing out and I will do some weights too, but you know, the, the, Spending the time, we always here's when we see the ads on TV for some of these elliptical and stepmaster things, and they're showing you the different, uh, you know, tor- tensioner bars and all this, and you can accomplish all of it in 30 minutes. Um, you know, wh- what do you say to people who want to find out how a trainer and a pro like you can help them, as opposed to just doing what uh, they otherwise think is their best at workout routine? Yeah, um, well, <laughs> if they're going to get on a treadmill and try and walk for 40 minutes a day, granted, I mean, they're doing more than they were, but I just say good luck, uh, especially officers. I mean, you you got to be able to run and you got to be able to jump and do all the, 
obstacles that officers are called to do. But, you know, uh, when I was in the military, we, we swam every day, we ran every, every day. And it was, it was, uh, it was more like efficiency training. So, um, you know, right when we get out of the pool, go run a, a mile and then get right back in the pool. So your, your heart rate is consistently jacked up. And, um, and so you're, you know, I could see whenever I, I went in when I was 18, 19 years old, um, when I finished up, my body changed. Like it was, it was a lot more shredded. I mean, I'll, I'll look like GI Joe and, but I mean, what, I guess, I guess what I'm trying to say is whenever, whenever you do it for a short amount of time, you know, 30, 40 minutes on just a regular treadmill and your heart rate's pretty, pretty low rather than doing 40 minutes of something that you know, high intensity, not, not high intensity or like interval training, but, you know, high intensity throughout the whole workout. I mean, your body is going to, it's going to change on you and you're going to look good and you're going to feel good and you'll be able to do everything that the officers are called to do or first responders for that matter. Right. Now what happens when we're not 18 or 19 years old and we're, uh, you know, 39 <laughs> or 40 or, uh, years old and uh, looking at uh, some of the, you know, years of, uh, you know, whatever we've, consumed and uh you start to put on the pounds over time and you're saying well how am i going to get into you know i haven't been on a treadmill in how many years uh what do you do yeah. for folks who are just getting into the idea of getting committed to getting back in shape and what uh, let's just talk a little bit more about the types of training is that some of our law enforcement yeah. first responders could expect uh with one of your boot camps yeah definitely um i think boxing i think the, one of the reasons why i got into boxing is because it's it's adaptable. Like you can use it. I'm not saying go use it on anybody, you know, that you know, or you know, some guy pisses you off in the store or whatever, and you start, hey man, I'm, I learned how to box, you know. But boxing, honestly, <laughs> is probably the best type of cardio that you can do, um, and it's it's low impact. You know, there's not a whole lot of, there's no not a lot of you know hang cleans or any kind of CrossFit stuff. But boxing will, it'll shred you up, man, and you can do it at any age. You know, I had a guy that was. 67 ish around that age and he I taught him how to box and I mean even at that age his body started to change and he started getting better and better and better at it and uh, and then pretty soon he just he he knew the steps and it's I mean you could, you could tell that his confidence was raising as well so um, boxing uh, a lot of people don't know this but uh, the more you squat and deadlift that also boosts your testosterone so a lot of people that do like bicep curls or like sing, singular um, like bicep or triceps or whatever, uh, if you squat and do deadlifts the the right way, that actually boosts your testosterone uh, because you're adding more muscles into the exercise. So doing like heavier deadlifts or heavier squats or front squats, um, you know, you're you're going to start to change. So and Rob. Uh... Robbie, you talk about dead, uh, lifting. There's, I'm sure there's all sorts of, you know, you talk about lifting. I can, there's, I mean, you can mm-hmm. just lift, be lifting just about anything on the job. Right. Yeah, you know, being being on SWAT, we uh, we kind of changed the way we we did our uh, our tryouts on SWAT, and uh, we started making it more realistic, more practical. You know, instead of just doing the run and, and the push-ups and and you know. And the setups, we, we made a, an actual round robin. And some of the things that we actually had to do was, you know, pick up the, the door slam, which is, you know, 65, 75 pounds, um, 
and actually have to, you know, swing it or carry it, you know, a certain amount of distance. Then you have, you know, you've got the dummies that the rescue dummies that they weigh about 185 pounds. And of course, then we stack on the, on all the gear on the dummy and you're looking at about, you know, a little over 200 pounds. And we had to drag, you know, do a, a dummy drag, a rescue drag with that dummy. Um, you know, so there's a lot of different lifts out there uh, in, in the real, in the real world um, that, you know, if you're not, you're not in shape to do it, you, you, you're going to hurt yourself. And if you hurt yourself during that real world situation, then you're, you know, you're making a bigger problem for everybody else to deal with. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a big, big fan of deadlifts. I was a power lifter as well in high school, a state champion. And, um, you know, so I'm, I'm big on the, on the lifting side of things, deadlifts, um, the clean, uh, the power cleans, different things like that, squats for sure. Um, cause you never know when that guy is going to go down and, you know, there's some, there's some bigger officers out there on the street right now. And for me, if that officer went down into a gunfight, I'm going to have to drag him out no matter what. And if I can't drag, you know, an officer that's over 200 pounds, um, then shame on me. So, you know, that's, that's just, you know, but also if you're, you know, if you're an overweight, if you're overweight, you're also hindering your guys. You want, you know, you sit there and talk about how you have each other six, but if you're overweight, you're actually becoming a problem. And if something was to happen to you, you know, it, it's, it's going to be a little bit harder for us to deal with trying to get you to safety. Um, so that's something that, you know, a lot of officers need to consider as well that they, I don't think they really think that way. Um, you know, so I think, you know, doing these lifts like Jay was talking about um, is definitely, you know, paramount to, being first responder and being out there and doing the job. All right, and we're and we're talking not only about our male officers but our female officers as well. Um, exactly. You know, uh, I'm sure there are plenty of times that you know you may have a female officer who is the one who's got to pull, uh, you know, a male officer, you know, much larger um, yep. situation. Yep. Definitely. Now. Uh, another thing that was uh, brought up when we discussed uh, this program before, uh, when we were in our planning stage, you talked about situational awareness, being able to protect yourself. Um, and to, I'm just sort of, when I think of situational awareness, and I'll ask you all to comment on this, but um, I just think about being aware and sort of that gut check that you can take this situation. You can do you see something you got to jump over a lift? You can do that. Someone's coming at you. You know that you can take care of yourself and restrain the person uh, or whatever without using a firearm. Uh, so where uh, situational awareness, let's talk a little bit more about that, please. Um, Nick, I'm, again, on, on situational awareness, I teach it a lot as well. Um, you know, a lot of people define situational awareness as being aware of your surroundings and what's going on around you. But I take it a little bit more further into the definition, and I, I talk about not only being aware of what's around you and what's going on around you, but being aware of who and what you can use to help you in a situation and win that situation or, or get out of that situation, um, you know, whether that's relying on your skill set and your training, whether it's your, you know, your hand-to-hand or your survival, situa- or your, your survival training, um, that's part of situational awareness. And I think if, you know, the more out of shape that you are as a person, the more complacent you get in life. And obviously, you know, being military law enforcement, Jay, the same thing, complacency, we we know complacency kills. That was a sign that was on the gates overseas 
as we rolled out of out of the uh, our, our you know our fobs, and the sign was sits there says complacency kills, you know. So I think you know physical fitness. I think this all ties in together. Not only do you know have to know how to shoot accurately, um, know the laws, and and and, and know your gear and, and be physically fit. It all ties in together. And the sad thing is, is it's all a perishable skill. Every bit of yeah, it, even definitely. physical fitness, it's definitely perishable. So. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that we have covered the, you know, the need and the benefit uh, big time. Let's talk now about making this fun. All right. So, Jay, let's say we get a bunch of people together and get a group together and we're going to, you know, do this together. There's a camaraderie element there. It's fun. Let's talk about that. That's specifically, yeah, the, um, if someone comes to you and they say, I want to do tactical training boot camp, what are they in store for? Buckle up. <laughs> no, <I'm, laughs> Um, no, it, I, just uh, piggybacking off of what he said, um, it's it's all about you know going back to kind of the situational awareness. It's you know one thing that I've always learned is adapt or die. You know if you if you're not adapting to anything, then you might, you're just you're dead weight. So um, that was one of the things that you know military taught me. But as far as the um, as far as the fun side, man, it's always it's always better when you know more and more people are involved because it's it's a team. You know, that's that's why I joined the military. That's why I played, you know, college football. And that's why I did all kinds of team activities is because team effort. You know, the military, the police, all the first responders, I mean, it's it's all about team. There's no I in team. I mean, it's it, it never has been. I mean, yeah, you could have a couple good cops or a couple, you know, badass dudes or whatever, but what's the point of having – you know, one or two good dudes if the rest of your team is, is a weak link. And uh, we're trying to build that up and try and get as many people as we can on the same platform. And, um, you know, but making it fun as well, making it where uh, that team is competing against each other and to where it's, uh, you know, doing like a kettlebell relay. I don't know, that, that'll destroy your legs, but, you know, breaking up the, the team into four different sections and having them race against each other. I mean, that, that's – that's why I like training. That's why I like it is uh, because it's always about, you know, the energy's up and, the, and it's a lot more fun. So for sure. Also the accountability of you know, other people being there uh, sort of adds to it where it's, it's really easy with just, you know, one-on-one it's just yourself and you say, you know, I, hey, I could go to the gym and I could lift today or I could do some cardio, but mm, I also yeah. have some other stuff to do. Um, you know, what where people things, say, go ahead. Yeah. Good. One of the things that uh, that we had we had to wake up every day at like four o'clock, which is miserable. Um, but if nobody, if one guy didn't show up, we'd have to stand in the push-up position for until that dude woke up. So uh, that you know whoever that dude was, you know, didn't wake up until two hours later. We'd be still in the push-up position, and our shoulders would be you know on the ground. So it, I mean, it's it's all it, that's where accountability uh, comes into play. I mean, if if your team is out there suffering and you're at in in bed eating bonbons or whatever people eat nowadays, so um, it's it's it it takes the accountability um, to the next level. So that's all I wanted to add. All right. So Robbie, uh, when yeah. you'd be telling folks in different agencies about options for doing something like tactical training, uh, what types of things might you say to people to get? their people excited about this? Um, you know, it's just, 
again, it's the, it's the camaraderie, it's, it's the brotherhood. Um, the competitive side of things is what keeps everybody accountable. I don't like when I'm, when I'm doing something like this, and it, it always becomes fun, but I'm competitive as well. If I see somebody trying to outdo me, um, I always want to do better. Well, if I'm doing better, obviously I'm, I'm going to get more results out of it. Um, you know, but again, it being doing this type of this, this type of training, um, it, it's only going to help you in the long run. I mean, the more the better physically fit you are, uh, the better your body's going to take care of you in in a high stress situation. Um, a lot of people understand that if even if you're, you take a gunshot wound, um, your 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 body's going to take care of itself and, and help keep you alive versus more when you're in shape versus when you're out of shape. Uh, you know, so there's, there's just a lot of things that I can go into um, explaining, um, you know, the, the tactical boot camp and how it benefits everybody. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So Jay, if someone wants to get involved and do this, uh, how long is the a- Typical program, how many people would be involved if someone wants to put together a group? Uh, and also, how do they get in touch with you, and what are some next steps? So I'll go ahead and uh, say my phone number is 214-663-9973. Uh, I do have a website. It's called bodyforcefit.net. Um, really, just anybody that wants to put a group together, man. Um, really, uh, I've, I've actually kind of been in touch with Plano PD. Um, uh, I've got connections all over uh, Den County. Um, really, if if uh, if I can get 20, 20 people, twenty, and it doesn't have to be first responders either. They could, you know, be their families. You know, I'm going to try and make this as fun as possible and and teach people along the way how to lift properly and how to box and and really just overall how to protect themselves. Um, if I can get twenty, thirty people and break it up into into groups, I mean, I would love to love to come out there and, and do something for you guys. All right. What's that telephone number again? 214-663-9973. All right. I want to thank you, Jay, and ask you, Robbie, the same thing, uh, again, about the programs that uh, you're offering and uh, how people can get in touch with you. Yeah, uh, you can go to our website at p2-concepts.com, or you can call me at 214-631-9116. And uh, we have several different programs that we offer for law enforcement. Um, we have schedules class. We've got uh, classes scheduled. Um, we have agencies that can host our training and receive free, you know, free training out of that. And then we also do contract training where we can come in and train the department as a department uh, deal. So, um, yeah, I mean, go to our website or give us a call. Uh, the number again was? The number is 214-631-9116, or you can get go to our website at uh, p2-concepts.com. All right. I want to thank uh, both Robbie and Jay for giving their time today. Again, this is Texas Law Talk Radio. It's an Internet podcast interview series featuring guests involved in creating, enforcing, and litigating the laws of the state of Texas. Texas Law Talk Radio is produced and sponsored by Lone Star Content Marketing, providing law firm advertising, public relations, and marketing services to Texas law firms and related organizations. To learn more, visit LoneStarContentMarketing.com or dial 940-498-2863. Again, today's program was Tactical Fitness and Strength Training for Law Enforcement and First Responders. 
please be kind and share this program when you find it in your Facebook uh, or other social media uh, feeds or a newsletter uh, because you just never know who out, there, who out there is looking for exactly this type of information. Again, this is Nick Augustine for Texas Law Talk Radio. I wish everyone well. Thank our guests, and we'll be back soon. See you all later. Thanks, brother. Thank you.